0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I'm going to continue on the theme that I have been on since the beginning of the year. And it's a theme that I have taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 33, where Moses, on the top of the mountain, being overwhelmed by the presence and the glory of God, in a private conversation, cries out to the Lord, saying, Lord, show me your glory. And as you know, I have been on this journey, in fact, since the end of last year. And the focus of my journey in prayer has been on this very theme. Lord, show us your glory. I have endeavored to bring you along with me into this journey, into this experience. And along this journey, I have learned a few things that I have already communicated to you. And that's what I'm going to be doing today. Just to give you a refreshing or a recap, one of the first things that we've learned in seeking the glory of God and the goodness of God, one needs to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Amen? Moses hungered for more of God, even though he has seen so much of God's. Power and glory and goodness demonstrated to his people, he still longed for more of God. No matter how far you have come in your spiritual journey, there is still more of God than you and I have ever experienced. And as long as we know that and that becomes a revelation, there has to come a divine hunger and a thirst for God and the things of the Spirit. Amen? The psalmist said in Psalm 63, verses 1 and 2, O God, you are my God, early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. And my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. When there is a divine thirst for the things of God, that thirst is evidenced by your seeking of God's face. That is why David said, early I will seek you. Why? Because my soul thirsts for you. Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For God satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with His goodness. Jesus Himself said, Blessed are the hungry those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And last week we spoke about how we need to protect, guard, nourish, and develop our hunger for the things of God. Because as born-again believers, when we get born again and the Spirit of God comes to live within us, He brings with Him that divine hunger for God and the things of God. But we have a responsibility to guard and protect that hunger because the enemy comes through various ways to steal that hunger from our hearts or to choke it by replacing it with other things. It's important that we guard and protect our hunger for the things of God. The second prerequisite we talked about is believing. One needs to believe and exercise faith in God and in His Word before we see the glory and the power of God demonstrated in our everyday lives. It was Jesus who said to Martha, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Amen? So there has to come from us a positive response to what God has already done in regards to His goodness and mercy being revealed in our daily lives. Amen? Amen? Believing is a condition. If you believe, you will see the glory of God, Jesus said. But if we don't believe, we're not going to see any manifestations, any of the glory of God or the goodness of God being demonstrated in our lives. Amen? Today I want to share with you something very powerful. And this is the third prerequisite in regards to seeing the demonstration of God's goodness and glory in our lives. And that is by exercising our will. The importance and the power of you and I exercising our will towards the will of God. It's important for us to understand what important role plays your will. When God created human beings, He gave us an incredible gift, and that is the freedom to choose our destiny, the freedom to decide and to choose for ourselves the course or the path we desire to follow. By the same token, is also a terrible gift. Because God will protect your will regardless of what that will is. And if people choose and decide to reject God and go all the way to hell, God will protect their will to do so. No other created being has ever been given this wonderful gift, the freedom to choose. Amen? And that is powerful. And we need to understand how valuable your will is, how powerful your will is once you decide what you will do. In fact, Job 22:28 28 says, whatever you decide, it will be done for you and light will shine on your ways. I mean, that's powerful. Amen? Stop and think for a moment. God has chosen to work through human vessels, and God can do and will do nothing without your cooperation. Did you know that? Some people think that God can do anything. One thing He cannot do is violate your will. And God will do nothing in our lives without our cooperation and our willingness. That's powerful. You can stop God from working in your life or you can cooperate with Him and God will support your decision to choose life and blessing. Amen? Our will must line up with God's will before His will comes to pass in our lives. Amen? God cannot force Himself on you and I. That is why Jesus said, ask. Why did not just give you what, what you need? He says, ask, and it will be given to you. He needs your will and my will to be exercised. Ephesians 3.20 says the following, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, there's no problem with God's ability or power, but notice what that last clause says, according to the power that is at work within us. That power of God that is within us requires the cooperation of our will before it is released or exercised. That is also very powerful. The power of God is within us. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. All of the power that you and I will ever need in this life to live a godly life has been already deposited within your spirit. Galatians 5.22 says that. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. The faith of God is within your spirit. The peace of God is within our spirits. But before this power is exercised or released... God needs your cooperation. Your will must decide. You see, the will of the person is part of the soul. Our soul is made up of our will, our emotions, and our intellect, our ability to reason and calculate and make decisions. The soul stands between your spirit and your body. And the soul is the bridge between the spirit world and the natural world. But it is also the gatekeeper. And it is your soul, your will that decides what will reign in your life or who will reign in your life. That is why God said back in Deuteronomy, and I think the verse is... Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, God says that He calls heaven and earth to record the decisions and the choices you and I make. So on that day, we'll have no excuse. We chose the life we live, you choose whom you will serve. It is a matter of choice. And faith is a choice. Love is also a choice. It is not a feeling, not an emotion. I will to love, or I will not to love. I will to forgive you, or I will not to forgive you. Amen? I mean, Thomas proved that when the disciples came to him with a good report that Jesus is risen, we have seen the Lord. What did Thomas say? Unless I see with my eyes, unless I put my hand in His side and feel the wounds, I will not believe. From that statement, we realize that faith is a choice. You choose to believe. The word of God, or you choose not to believe the word of God. And because Thomas answered those words, Jesus said to him, Be not faithless. But blessed are those who have not seen but believe. Deuteronomy 30:19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have sent before you. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose life. God cannot choose for you. He will never choose for you. Some people I hear, some people say, This is the woman God has chosen for me. That's wrong. Because if God can choose your spouse, He can choose to save you too without your consent, without your will. No, God gives us several choices. And He presents them to us and He's given us the wisdom and the knowledge to choose wisely. Otherwise, you would blame God. It's the woman you gave me or it's the man you gave me. God will never do that. And you know, we find people today, even in the church, they want you to choose for them. They want you to make decisions for them. I often ask people, what do you desire from God? You know what most of them answer? I desire whatever God desires. I say, no, no, no. Never mind what God desires. God has already declared His desire. What do you want? They can't answer me. Because most of them don't know. they want. We need to exercise our will before we see the glory of God. God says, I have said before you, life and blessing, death and cursing, you choose. And if you're wise, you're going to choose life. Amen? We choose the blessing. We choose to believe God. We choose to walk in love or not to walk in love. If you don't choose, God cannot back up your choices. Now, either God will back up your choices or the devil will back up your choices. Amen? And if you're wise, you're going to choose life. The moment you choose the blessing, God will stand behind your wheel and bring that blessing to pass in your life and will work in your life. But you have to choose. We choose prosperity. We choose divine protection. We choose divine strength. When God says, fear not, I have strengthened you. I choose to believe that. And even though my emotions and feelings say I'm weak, I choose to believe the Word above my feelings. Amen. I choose... The life that I want to live. The life that I am now living, it's my choice. It was God's will for me, but I have to add my will to God's choices before that comes to pass in my life. I chose this life. I chose to travel. Amen? I chose my wife. I choose to remain faithful to my spouse. And you cannot justify your unfaithfulness. You know, we hear people today saying, well, you know, I did this because of that. It's because of my upbringing. It's because my wife didn't treat me the way she should have. No, no, no. You are where you are because you chose. You can choose to be faithful or you can choose to be unfaithful. Amen. Praise God. Joshua challenged God's people, even in the Old Covenant, to exercise their will for good and not for evil. Remember what he said to them? In Joshua 24, verse 15, And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. (laughs) There is no debate about that. Me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Not maybe, not if my kids want to. We will serve the Lord. It's powerful when you make the right decisions in your life. God will come with His ability and power and back that decision. That's why Job 22, 28 says, I've used that verse many times. He says, you will decide on a thing and it will be established unto thee. But you're going to have to decide first. I mean, my, that's powerful. So our will becomes the gatekeeper to the life of God flowing through us or the gatekeeper to the force of fear and death flowing through us. We choose whom we will serve. There are things we need to receive And exercise our will for. But there are also things we need to resist and exercise our will against. So often we tolerate things that we should not because we're too lazy to exercise our will against it. We just go with the flow. We have no resistance. I mean, the Word of God says... Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That means you resist whatever comes from him as well. You stand against. And when you do that, God will come behind your decision and will back that decision. But you're going to have to choose. You choose prosperity. You choose abundance. Or you choose lack and you choose poverty. It's your choice. Amen? Just as faith requires the exercising of our will to operate, even so fear requires the exercise of your will to operate in your life. The psalmist said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not Want. He set his will against want and lack. He said, I shall not lack. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I resist lack. Lack does not exist in my life and will not operate in my life because God redeemed me from the curse of poverty and lack. Hello? Is that what we do? Do we resist lack or do we talk about it? Do we welcome it? Or are we actively resisting it and saying, no, you're not going to have dominion in my house? Why? Because I'm redeemed. Therefore, I will not want. I will not want. Folks, it's time you and I stand up in our will and begin to resist things that probably we've tolerated for many years. The same we need to do with sickness and disease. What do you do when symptoms attack your body? Do you actively resist it or do you welcome it? Hello? and you pamper it, and you talk about it, and you embrace it with your words. My arthritis, my pains, my woes. Hello. You know, Jesus died so that we are free and redeemed from all of these things. And Jesus wants to enjoy the ben wants us to enjoy all of the benefits of his sacrifice, not just some of it. Amen. The psalmist continues to say in verse 4, Psalm 23, verse 4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we've read that psalm so many times, we've heard it so many times, but have you stopped to meditate on what it says? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. What does he do? He sets his will against fear. Why? Because God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, I stand against the spirit of fear. So when fear comes to you in your mind or through circumstances, what do you do? Do you receive it? Do you welcome it? And you say, oh, I'm so afraid of this. Or I I fear this, I fear that. We talk about it all the time, about our fears. Instead of doing what the psalmist did, he said, I will not fear. Because the Lord is with me. Now God doesn't just tell us do not fear. He tells us why we should not fear. Because he says, I am with you. I will walk with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, we can say, I will fear no man. What can man do to me? You want to see the power of God? You're going to have to exercise your will for good and not for evil, for the blessing and not for the curse. If you will not exercise your will, you will never see the power of God operating in your life. God will bless others and you will see them blessed, but you will not. Not because they're any better than you, because the blessing is not conditional to your performance. The blessing will operate on you because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. But you're going to have to exercise your will and say, I want the blessing. I want prosperity. I want abundance in my life. I want health. I want strength. I want divine protection. And I choose to walk in love. When you get up every morning, and before you do anything, you say, Good morning, Father. Thank you so much for the blessing that operates in my life. I make a choice today that I will walk by faith and not by sight. I choose to walk in love whether anybody else does or not. I choose to forgive. You will live above the circumstances because of the choices you made. Amen. So the psalmist sets his will against lack, against fear, And against whatever does not come from God. You want to know what comes from God and what comes from the devil? The word is clear about it. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of Lights. But the devil comes to steal anything that steals, your joy, your peace. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. That's how we can tell the difference. So whatever comes to steal from me any thought, any circumstance, I resist because it's not from God. Amen. Praise the Lord. As I said, we need to rise up in the strength of our fortified will and begin to resist the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, Be sober." be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. No, you may not devour me. It doesn't say devours everyone, whom he may devour. So, you put your foot down and say, you may not steal from me, you may not devour from me because I choose life, I choose to serve God, I choose the blessing and walk in that. Amen. As I mentioned, Job twenty two twenty eight. 28, you shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. Take these verses and meditate on them until they become life and light to you. And light and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Amen. So remember this. All that you and I will ever need to live a godly life has been already given to us. It's in our spirits. But before they manifest in our natural physical world, one of the things we need to do is exercise our will and say, I choose life, I choose the blessing. Amen. One of the primary ways that we exercise our will, either for good or for evil, is through our tongue. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It doesn't say death and life is in the power, is in the hands of God. It says it's in the hands of your tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. (laughs) God has placed. All of that power of life within our tongue. Just think about that. James confirms this. Let's look together. James chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 and verse 10. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Verse 10, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things are not to be so. You see that? Sometimes we look for a reason why certain things have taken place in our lives. And we don't need to look very far. Just go back and remind yourself of the words you have spoken over and over and over and over again. You see, the devil is clever. He will let you speak, speak, and He will not act on them until at an opportune time. And when you have forgotten about what you have been speaking, He brings those things to pass. What you sow, you will reap. Do you know that every word we speak is a seed that is sown? That's why Jesus said, man will give account for every idle word they have spoken. We need to do a lot of repenting and cancel a lot of words that we have spoken over our lives, over our children, over our grandchildren, over our church members, over the house of God. Speak life. That is why God said to Joshua, this book of the law, this word, must not depart out of your mouth. What word was he talking about? It's the words of life. Amen. Not death. We need to consider the words that we speak. The Word of God says no man can tame his tongue. Natural man. But we who have received the Holy Spirit have an ability to tame our tongue. And that is one of the reasons God has given us the gift of tongues by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the ways of mastering and disciplining our tongue to speak and to pray words of life. Paul said, I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. It is a choice to pray in the spirit, just like it is a choice to pray with our understanding. So stop and think, what are the things you've been tolerating in your life? And you know they're not from God, yet you put up with Him. You think it's, it's natural. Well, you say, I'm just human after all. No, we're not just human. We are spirit beings. We have the supernatural power of God living on the inside of us. And that power is crying out. He says, exercise your will so I can put my power to work on your behalf. What have you been tolerating that you have not been resisting? We need to resist anything that comes from the enemy just as we need to resist the temptation to sin. And how do you do that? By exercising your will. So get up every morning and begin to exercise your will. How? Through the words of your mouth. That's how you release that power. And that authority, how do you exercise your authority? You cannot do it without words. Jesus said, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. How do we exercise that authority? By the words of our mouth. Amen. How do we exercise authority against sickness and disease when it comes to praying for people? We use words. And Jesus said, if you believe with your heart what you say with your mouth and doubt not, you shall have whatever you say. Amen? We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.